You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 273, Ranking the Pixar Sequel Age. Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. I'm Morgan Stradling. And I'm Chelsea Robson. And we are back at it again, talking about the entire Pixar canon. We are finally to the beloved, the masterful, the amazing sequel age of Pixar. Oh, gosh. Where, oh so many <laughs> like, of the what films. What age are you talking about? <laughs> I, did I miss a memo? Did I miss the okay, memo here? <laughs> I'm being a bit sarcastic there, but... Nonetheless, here we are, and we are going to talk about it. This is one of the bigger ages. It spans 2011 to 2019, and there were quite a few films coming out. A few came out during the same year, which is pretty exciting because we had never seen that before for Pixar. So let's jump right into it. Triple then come. We'll make you smile. Triple then come. It lasts a while. Triple then come. We'll help your mister to punch that breath right in the kisser. The Pixar sequel age. We have had sequels up into this up until this point. They were just Toy Story sequels, just just amazing, if you ask me. Right. But those didn't count because they just fell into a different age and they were just oh so good. But then Pixar was bought out by Disney. Now that happened in the Golden Age. That happened in 2007, so kind of in the middle of that one. But it takes a few years for these films to come down the pipeline. And one can assume that Disney had something to say with the sequels. Oh, one assumes. (laughs) (laughs) Pixar really wasn't into sequels before. And then suddenly they have five out of these 10 films in this decade are sequels. Makes me think that Disney. Six six, out of 10. Six out of 10. Pardon me. That the studio heads, the new bosses had something to say. Just a hunch. So let's talk about these films. Like we said, it's 2011 to 2019, and we're kicking it off 2011 with Cars 2, directed by John Lasseter. I don't know where this one came from. I mean, the first Cars film, fine, but then this one with the whole Mater side story and like the, it was just, you're trying to be 007. Like there were so many things wrong with this movie that I just could not ever get behind it. I saw it one time and that was enough for me. Yeah, you know, I think this was purely a merchandising marketing ploy. Because I I can feel that. The film was okay. That feels right. Yeah, and and the but the film, the real legacy of cars was just the merchandise and how these car cars, these little cars, and all the different merchandise just was everywhere. Every little kid had these little figurines and these little mini mini cars. It just did so, 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 so well for Pixar that Mm -hmm. they wanted to keep that going. You know, it's not that you need a new movie to keep selling the franchise and keep selling. Because you could even today you can go into Target and there's a car section. But it doesn't hurt 
to have a new movie with new characters and all new, to, to quote Mason, all new friends, all new songs. <laughs> <laughs> that there were no songs, but no. all new locations, right? Right. There were and there were new new things, right? And so they they decided, you know, let's do this. And so let's compare Cars to Cars One. Cars One had a budget of 120 million dollars and global box office 461 million. Cars 2 upped the ante with a 200 million dollar budget and really didn't do that much better, maybe 100 million dollars better with 559 million dollars worldwide. So it still successful. Yeah. Still did really well. Not, you know, it's not up quality or or finding Nemo, if you will. Right. Or or even Toy Story, which had come prior, uh, which to show which goes to show that Pixar definitely has some clout. It's going to people are going to show up. We'll talk about this a little later, maybe not for some of these other ones. But at this point, Pixar really had some clout that majority of what was it was going to hit 500 million no matter what. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know what else. Is, and at this point in time, we hadn't gone through the sequel era. Like we didn't know that this era was upon us, and so it, we were willing. The only other sequels that they had done was Toy Story, and so we were more than willing to jump in on whatever they were doing because they had up to this point a great track record. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah, let's look at the tomato meter for all of the Pixar films. I feel like this episode is just going to be like me being really upset. <laughs> and me trying to like, let's look at the positive. Okay, so Which is normally the contra- uh, contrary. Okay. So looking at the tomato meter, I'm looking at an article that ranks the current 26 Pixar films. And lo and behold, 24, 25, and 26 are all cars. Shocking. Oh. So cars has a 74% tomato meter and it's certified fresh surprisingly now is that Um, audience or is that critical that's i'm just looking at critics audience was similar around 79 um so they're pretty pretty aligned i mean even lightyear did better than cars which is shocking um so then cars 2 comes in a total dud 39 percent critical 49 percent audience 39 percent for a pixar no other pixar film is rotten zero except for cars too. And I, it's just bad. It's, it's this, they go around the world. There's these three races that they have to do. Mater wants to be like the world champion. And so we got this. And like you said, there's the storyline with Mater who, did I say Mater wants to be a world champion? Lightning McQueen wants to be uh-huh. a world champion and you know, Mater's involved. And I just think of that weird sushi scene with Mater and it's, <laughs> it's odd. It's, it's too much. It's too much of Mater. I think it was like the Mater show. Yeah. He was funny as a sidekick, but as kind of one of the main guys, just no good. No bueno. So mm-hmm. that is Cars 2. It happened. <laughs> and we thought they were done. So much so that we did an April Fool's article. We used to always on the website do an April Fool's article every year. Ha ha. This is so funny. This would never happen. Cars 3 has been greenlit. And lo and behold, a few years later, they did it. We will talk about that. So put a pin. In that Put a pin in that. We'll be back. <laughs> not in not too distant future. <laughs> so next up is Brave 2012, directed by Brenda Chapman and Mark Andrews. And I mean, even then, Brenda Chapman left midway through, but she still got the director credit. Right. And then later on, co-directed by Steve Purcell. 
So he jumped mm. in on that one. The thing is about Brave is this is at the very beginning of the Rotoscopers Animation Addicts podcast. And so I just remember like we were all super excited about it just because it was one, it was Pixar. So we were still on the high of like, okay, we'll give them one Everything fail. they do touches, it turns to gold, except for Cars 2. Except for Cars 2. <laughs> we'll, we'll just forget that shadowy place. Um, but they, <laughs> I feel like he, that this time I just remember we did like, this was one of our mistakes is like, oh, cause we'll do, we got the press screening. And so we'll do a non-spoiler review and then a spoiler review after the fact. And it was, yeah. we learned very quickly not to do that. That was the only, that was the only episode we did that for. We, right. from the, basically there on out, it was like, Hey, we're talking about the movie. We're talking about the whole movie. So see the movie well, the, before the you reason watch the reason why we did that is because we had, we had done that for Wreck-It Ralph and because wreck it Ralph. well the test screening right but we didn't realize the difference like <laughs> so yes it was yeah it, it's one of our lower uh lower listen to episodes but this was it was <laughs> hey, a, it we was, learned our lesson and we evolved yes as we we should <laughs> patrick doyle on the i think this is one of the first times that they brought him in on the soundtrack I, I just love Patrick Doyle. The man knows how to ride a waltz. This is his background too. So his culture. So it was just, I like the soundtrack to this one. It's fun. Yeah. This one's, this one's interesting. It's their first sort of princess film, which they never really were this fantasy brand. They had these other films that, you know, were fantasy, but not, they were just whimsical in a way, more whimsical versus right. fantasy. And so it was kind of the first one that had songs well, maybe not. They, they, you know, Toy Story and whatnot had songs, but and this has no one singing songs. But it, there are a few songs in here that are memorable mm -hmm. and noteworthy. But it just didn't really hit the way I think we were hoping. Like going no. back, I just I don't I don't want to go back and watch Brave too much. You know, then the mother turns into a bear, and there's all of those shenanigans that happen, and there's the witch. Right. I think we we were a bit looking forward to this more than it actually delivered. You know, critical yeah. consensus, 79%. And as far as how it did in the box office, 185 million, so less than Toy Story 3 um, and even Cars. But it did 538 million. So even worse than Cars 2. Better critically, but as far as audiences, it just didn't have that pull mm -hmm. um, to really take it to the, the next tier, which I think is like the 700 million tier and, and beyond. <laughs> oh, does that all? <laughs> we will get there. So speaking of 700 million tier, we have Monsters University 2013, directed by Dan Scanlon. Mm -hmm. That film did $743 million worldwide. This is the second sequel in the sequel age. Mm -hmm. And it's our favorite buddy, buddy film. One of our favorite. I mean, it, Pixar does a lot of these, but right. who doesn't love Mike Wazowski. Mike and Sully, yeah. This one has an 80% rating compared to the first one, which, I mean, you can expect 96% for the first one. These first, I mean, the films during that classic era and, and even the part of the golden age, just so, so good. Mm -hmm. So good. You know, I remember being excited for this one and thinking that it was going to be you know, a little different. And I think it has a really good story, but it it's not one that I necessarily want to go back to. I'd say the biggest lasting impact of this movie is that MU hat. You yeah. still see that all over the place. Yeah. You see that at Disney World, people loved, or Disneyland, both people love to wear that MU 
university hat. I think it's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number one merch. I mean, they, they couldn't really get a lot of toys out of this one. You could, uh, but not like cars. But right. that hat, who knew the hat was going to be have longevity? <laughs> right. So at this point, they had been, done one per year. And then 2014, there was nothing. We will find out later why. Uh, but then 2015, we come out with Inside Out. Mm-hmm. And that is Pete Doctor with co-directed by Ronnie Del Carmen. And I think Inside Out was one of, it, it was kind of like a, a revert to what we had expected from these Pixar films. I just remember it being a huge win in my book of being like, wow, this was really in depth. It really was almost like going to therapy a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like they did a good job. I recently introduced my kids to Inside Out and they love it. My son is just so inquisitive and he's, do we really have those things inside our heads? And it, trying to, you know, you got to explain that it's just a representation, but we do have those emotions right. and the long-term memory is a thing and, you know, core memories he loves to talk about. And <laughs> but this is one that they have requested <laughs> to watch. This is like their new Toy Story. They oh, love this their movie. new go-to. Yeah, and I, but I don't let them watch movies over and over and over again. I like to expand their horizon. So I have a list of all the Disney canon and we check off so they can watch them all. I need to do one oh. for the Pixar canon. But yeah, this they really enjoy this. I remember this came out. It was just so, the, the soundtrack on this, phenomenal. It's just so mm-hmm. simple with the piano. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Michael Giacchino. It is. But directed by Pete Doctor. It just has such a whimsical melody. And it's it's kind of like a... When she loved me moment from Toy Story 2. It's this, yeah, these, these darn growing up movies. You know, it's sad to see this preteen era is really when changes are happening and you're kind of letting go. So it's just always sad for me to see uh, Goofy Island, you know, which is, she's, this goof, she's this goofball. And it just, it's one of her core parts of her personality right. just crumbles and it, it never comes back. It's like, no, it's like what they say um. with your kids, like, You'll never know the last moment that you pick up and hold your child or snuggle yeah. with your child in bed. Oh, I don't even have kids. That makes the me so sad. The last time that you'll push them in a <laughs> stroller, like these mundane things that just happen day to day. But there will be a moment in time where it's like, this is the last time I do this. Yeah. And I'll never do it again. But at the time, it wasn't momentous. It just happens. And yeah. that's how I think about Inside Out. It's like this transition. She's turning from, you know, a little little girl into a teenager and and part of growing up is just letting go childish things even though she's still a child but like the super childish things right mm-hmm. so like bing bong yeah the memory of bing bong is of being this imaginary friend is is gone forever and and it's yeah and then i just love the gag of the triple mint gum triple mint gum <laughs> it's still in there <laughs> <laughs> there's so i still like, have those songs in my head <laughs> oh free rent so anyways, this is a great movie as far as how it did in the box office. $175 million budget, $857 Oof. million. So Pixar is back. And you can see when they have these original, cool, unique concepts that, that just executed to, like a fine wine to perfection. Yeah. They do really, really well. I mean, up until this point, other than Finding Nemo and Toy Story 3, this is the highest grossing, third highest grossing Pixar film to this point. Not surprised because it's so good. As soon as I was watching this again with my kid, it'd been years. I was like, oh, this is this is really good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 
So the reason why there was nothing in 2014 was because it was the second film of 2015, The Good Dinosaur, which had so many issues as far as like in production. Um, this The movie itself, I don't remember being all that involved, like emotionally drawn to this movie, but I know that my nephew, who's about the same age as your son, uh, mm-hmm. he loves this movie. And it's one of his favorites. Oh, interesting. And interesting. he's just like, oh, I I, I got to get my dinosaur. You know, well, and it could just be like the dinosaur thing. It's like those kids who like Land Before Time 6. It's, you grow <laughs> up with a certain thing and quality isn't even a factor. That's true. <laughs> like, but I loved it. It was so good. <laughs> yes. Yep. And that's why you're not allowed to vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I look at the process of this and I still am very upset that they just skipped out on so many different possibilities with the art book. <laughs> I feel like when we first heard about this film, what we were sold, or at least how I perceived this film to be, was what if the asteroid didn't kill the dinosaurs, right? Yes. And so in my mind, if they weren't killed, the asteroid never hit the earth. And so they never died. They never were extinct. Dinosaurs are still here today among us. What would that world be like? To mm-hmm. me, that's the interesting world. That's what I'm interested in. It was it was a cool concept. It was like, oh, wow, there's cars driving around and there's dinosaurs walking around and they're, the people and, and dinosaurs are living together. Cool. And then that's not what this ended up being at all. It just ended up being kind of like a prehistoric dinosaur film. They had evolved to the point where they were farmers and then they have a pet human. Right. I'm like, eh, okay. Yeah. I'm looking at on Wikipedia. It says that this is the original concept and development was by Bob Peterson. He directed the film until August, 2013. It was supposed to come out 2014. Right. And then at 2013, they said, no, this isn't working. And we're going in a different direction. And so that it gets pushed a year and then they have to retool the story. My point was, is that I feel like he probably came up with the idea of what if dinosaurs mm. mm-hmm. never, and then it just didn't, they weren't able to quite get it past that point. And so when we were hearing about it, we were still hearing his pitch, but then it probably mm-hmm. moved over to something else, which is like, here's something completely different. So, so uh, okay. 75% certified fresh, surprisingly. I'd, I'd imagine this okay. would be lower, but but audiences didn't love it as much, 64%. Mm-hmm. So that is that. Now let's move on to the last five of these <sighs> films out of the 10. <laughs> Four of the five are, are sequels. So we have Finding Dory came out in 2016, directed by Andrew Stanton. Now, Finding Dory had been long awaited in a way. $200 million budget and did phenomenally well, as did the first one. Uh This one did just less than Toy Story 3, $1.28 billion, billion with a B, dollars. So people were excited to come back to this This motion. The Ellen Army right here. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I wish I'd like to have that. That much clout. Now, this has a 94% um, ranking on Rotten Tomatoes. This oh. is 14 out of 26, which is, it's like the bell curve for Pixar is skewed so much toward the nearly 100% critically yeah. acclaimed. Their films are so good. So even though it's a 94%, which is incredible, it's it's um, still 14, like kind of middle of the pack, if not slightly less. Um, 84% uh, audience score. And For another day, I do feel like in the past 10 years, the critical assessment of films and the audience has really diverted. 
I, yeah, where they I used agree. to kind of be aligned. Um, but now I feel like the critics are kind of just their own thing over there. They're either pandering or they're wanting to, oh, it's so good. It's an artsy film. It's a, this film. So it's so good when it, the audiences are like, what are you talking about? That was trash. Not saying <laughs> about this film, but that's a discussion no. for another day. Um, yeah. The, I, the, I mean, the, it, the it, it could also polarization be... of critics. Uh, yeah. We'll leave it at that. So moving into Cars 3. So we said put a pin in it. We're back. We're back, <laughs> un- baby. <un-pin> that. <laughs> Brian B. 2017. Now we're back at the bottom of the list as far as the blah, Rotten blah. Tomatoes goes. <laughs> 25 out of 26. But you not didn't the think worst. You could get it. Not the worst, but not. So 69% critic, 69% audience. They were aligned there. So, you know, not mm-hmm. always the case. But I mean, this one's just bad all around. It's not certified fresh, but it's. Not quite moldy, but it's it's freshish. Yeah. And as far as how much this did, you know, cars, the engine was running out of gas. So they had one hundred seventy nine set hundred seventy five million dollars budget and only did three hundred eighty three million. At this point, we'd already been disappointed by cars, two, And then cars three was just like, well, what are what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Well, Why? I mean, we had already joked about like this was this was the joke that they would do this. <laughs> And that right, they were right. they were so entrenched in the Disney. Let's just ring out the ring out as much money as we can out of these properties. And we were joking about this, thinking, "Oh yeah, you know, obviously they're going to be doing a Cars three next." Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to be following our cues as like. We joke about how they bought up Anastasia and then they actually buy it and then they they do Cars <laughs> 3 and then they actually do it. I'm like, we're doing these as a joke because you shouldn't do Because it. we don't want these. It's a bad thing <laughs> if the world has come to this point. <laughs> this but is, Pixar's like, hey, that's not a bad idea. Well, we should do that. See, the, the fans See, the people want, want it. it. They wrote an article about it. <laughs> Oh. I think that's that's also one of those where it's like the internet versus the corporate heads and they don't understand each other. And this is really what, <laughs> yeah. what happens. It's like people, yeah, yep. <laughs> well, moving into Coco, I actually loved Coco. Coco. So Who? this was oh, one of those so that brought me back to my being like, you know what, Pixar, I feel like you have at least done done better you know you're kind of bringing us back out of out of this a little bit so thank you pixar or coco 175 million dollars budget so it seems to this point basically from wally on they've really this 175 to 200 million dollar range is what a pixar movie costs yeah the budgets aren't continuously going up it's like this is what it is and even today i mean the highest we've ever seen is 200 million like that's where it's capped it's we're done uh-huh. folks 175 million seems to be the new like if you're making a pixar movie that's how much it's going to cost now mm-hmm. it did 807 million dollars in the box office so up until this point i believe this is the fourth highest uh fifth not including to- it's the fourth highest and and to- toy story 4 will come in uh so it's fifth of all time but yeah that's that's what it is and I like it a lot. I love the music in this. Yes. I think the music is so good. They brought in Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez, not for all of the songs, but just for Remember Me, mm-hmm. which Remember Me is such an interesting song because there's about four different versions of it, depending right. on who's singing it. And it's, which is really cool that it has these different meanings based on who it's being sung to or who's yeah. singing. 
And oh, it's so tender and I love it. And I love the other songs in there. Um, Un piquiquiquito loco. I love listening to that song a lot. <laughs> yes. So it's a good one. I did a, a YouTube review of this movie and it's one of our my highest viewed re- YouTube reviews. And I don't know if it's because I start off singing or something, but or if it was just the <laughs> fact that everybody really liked this movie and therefore shared it a lot. I don't know. Um, Los dos. Los dos. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I just I look at the fact that it has like over 30,000 views or something like that, it, which is not a lot in uh, by many standards. But for our standards, it was quite a bit for just a random movie review. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was just, I still think about that as being like, really? Her? (laughs) (laughs) This movie was funny because this was my son's first movie. He had just turned a year and we always go see a movie at Thanksgiving. And unfortunately he's very well behaved, but this movie had uh, Olaf's frozen adventure in front Uh, of it. And it's like 30 minutes. The canceled TV special that they decided to shoehorn in as a short in front of a Pixar film, it just didn't make sense. And we remember the drama about this. They had to put signs um, <laughs> at the ticket booth and in front of the theater. We'd be like, FYI, there is a 30-minute Frozen short before this movie. So we get there early. He's okay. By the time this short is over, he has lost it and he is done because he is one years old. What are you expecting? Yeah. So my mom took him out and I took him out partially. So that was my theater experience, unfortunately. But but they, why? I just like, really? You couldn't, like nowadays they would have thrown that on Disney Plus and called it a day. Oh yeah. But it's like, really? You couldn't just find some random time slot and put it there? Like if anything, it's made just, I don't know. I don't know how it all works, but. That did not work. Okay, two more. It's not The Incredibles. It's just Incredibles 2, 2018, by good old Brad Bird, my man. This movie blew everything out of the water. As it's far as money-wise. It's just insane. As yes. far as money-wise, yeah. $200 million budget and $1.242 billion oh, with a gosh. B. This is the highest grossing Pixar film of all time. I mean, I feel like this in 2019, obviously anything pre 2020 was like we were hitting the pinnacle of these like massive box office. Yes. And we're we're struggling to get back there. But Toy Story 2 or Incredibles 2, it it had so much potential because Mm -hmm. it was one of the most requested. Like we got to have a sequel because it it basically ends and tees up a sequel. Right. But eh, it was okay. I mean, you can go back and listen to our full reviews on this, but I'll just say I just felt like it was a gender swap that didn't work out. It was just like the same movie again. Just now it's her instead of him. And there's so many things that it could have dug into, but it just didn't. And it felt lazy. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is, I guess. Yeah, The critics absolutely loved it. 97%. So this is nine out of 26 on the rankings chart. Audiences were were not as high on it, 75%, but that didn't matter because people still showed up in droves anyways. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good superhero movie? I mean, that was the 2010 decade was the decade of superheroes. Right. And hey, why not Incredibles 2? Throw it in there because they it didn't matter whether they're animated or not. They people went and saw it. So yeah. that is that. And next up, this is the final film of the Pixar sequel age. And this is Toy Story 4, which was another one we were, huh? You know, the dog with its head tilted to the side. Uh, Why do we need this? It ended so perfectly. That was uh, was like the number one talking point online is 
the the trilogy was perfection. It ended on the highest, best note possible Mm -hmm. with lots of tears, obviously, in the audience as a result. Why are we doing this again? Oh, yeah, the money. Oh, right. The money. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Continue on. Yeah. (laughs) $200 million budget and did $1.073 billion. Now, as far as, you know, how critically acclaimed it was. It 97% critic consensus, which at me at this point, I'm starting to think like, really? Her? Yeah. I don't know if I can trust you, but audiences loved it to 92. Yeah. It's definitely higher than some, uh, which is weird. I watched it's, this movie and I'm- audience, it, audience score on this one is higher than audience score on up. I don't understand that. <laughs> I honestly I mean, there's that am, who doesn't love Toy Story. Maybe, maybe that's what it comes down to. Maybe, I guess. <laughs> Gosh, I have so many problems with this movie. I think, I mean, on our episode, this this movie came out and we talked about how we just didn't like it. And it was kind of shocking at the time because I think a lot of people did. And it, But then we have yeah. gotten tons of emails and feedback of people saying, I feel the exact same way that you do about Toy Story 4. Like, thank you mm-hmm. for saying that. I was like, of course, <laughs> I'm just going to say what I feel. <laughs> I still think the best way to affix this is to not turn... T- uh, Woody into some type of forced organ donor. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Let him have his voice box back and then also make the little girl at the end deaf so that she yes. and doll, the, the little doll are meant for each mm-hmm. other. That would have mm-hmm. made everything so mm-hmm. much better. And I would have forgiven most everything about this movie. I would have forgiven it. I'd be like, you know what? It worked out. But nope, Woody's forced organ donation was not, was it, I was not a fan. Agreed. Agreed. So there we have it, folks. That is the Pixar sequel age, our largest age up until this point. Previously, they had maybe five or six movies. This one has 10. And then we're going to be moving into the new era, or the new age. We're still, we will reveal still deciding. What the is, name. What does this we'll mean? reveal what we call it. Yeah. In the next episode. But this is an interesting one because um, those billion dollar box office, you're not going to see. At, nope. at all like not even close so it'll be interesting right. to discuss so wait just a second we still need to rank these how would you rank this all right so here is my list number 10 cars 2 number 3 cars 3 number 8 incredibles 2 number 7 the good dinosaur number 6 toy story 4 i bash toy story 4 but wow there are sure a lot of other films that I would prefer not to watch over Toy Story 4. Number five, Monsters University. Number four, Brave. Number three, Finding Nemo. Number two, Inside Out. And number one, my beloved Coco. All right. So starting from the bottom, working my way up, I've got Cars 2 as number 10. Number nine is Toy Story 4. Number eight, Cars 3. Number seven, Incredibles 2. Number six, The Good Dinosaur. Number five, Monsters University. Number four, Brave. Number three, Finding Dory. Number two, Inside Out. And just like you, my favorite of the sequel era is Coco. Yay! Let us know your thoughts on the Pixar sequel age. I know people have really enjoyed our discussions that we're having on these different sequels and these eras. So it's been really fun. And we're going to wrap it up with our last one. And then we have to have a new new list uh, series that we'll have to think of. If you have any ideas, send us a voicemail letting us know what what our next thing should be for our nerdy couch discussions. I really like going, you know, how we've we've done 
I don't know, like eight or so episodes on just all these different eras. It's been really fun to talk about. Yeah. If you want to leave a voicemail, just go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails or dial 406-646-6575. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. And until next time, we we are are the the Rotoscopers. Rotoscopers. Ad break. (laughs) Ad break here. (laughs) (laughs) And and we're back. All right. Remember the uh, how Gmail used to do that? No, it wasn't Gmail. It was Google Chat. Oh, (laughs) GGS. And we're loose. (laughs) And we're back. Yep, yep, yep. Good times. Good old times. (laughs) That was an era. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.